right, M12, how you guys doing tonight? Everybody good? Good day at school. Everybody looking forward to spring break? Right around the corner. I hear you, I hear you. Well, good evening. My name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at 12 Stone. It's my honor to be with you guys. Pastor Stephen has the week off. He's on vacation for a little bit, going to see some of his family and do some other stuff. And um, he came and asked me to come and speak with you guys. So if you would do me a favor, go ahead. There should be a Bible underneath your chair. Grab your Bible. There may be a pen. There's a sheet for you to have. Uh, go ahead. This is a great time for you to put your cell phones away, do all that stuff, and let, let's make a deal. You kind of give me your attention for about 15 minutes. We'll be good. Any longer, if I got to keep saying stop and quiet, please quit biting that person or something like that, it just takes a lot longer, right? So this is the third week of Obsessed, and we've been talking about um, relationships together and all this stuff, and it's each week progressed. The first week we talked about friendship and what that meant to have to be a friend, to what real, the qualities of what a real true friend looks like. Last week we talked about love being a choice, and as we all want to be loved and need love, and what does love real look, really look like? Well, and this week, we get to talk about something that really becomes kind of awkward. Because we're all going to, tonight, we're going to talk about sex. I know it's awkward. I know some of you, I get it. Some of you, your parents, you haven't even talked to you about it yet. We're not trying to replace this. This is not like, this isn't going to be an instructions um, or any, shh, um, so listen, we're going to handle this maturely. This could be awkward. I mean, let's not make it super awkward. It's not, I'm not going to bring out puppets. Uh, I'm not bringing out your grandma to talk to you about it. Okay, those kind of things. But it is a very important topic. And so the Bible talks a lot about it. And it's something that we need to talk about if we value truth, we value your relationship with God, your relationship with other people, it is a topic that we need to talk about and will continue to talk about. So let me give this. If you have your notes, I'm going to give you the bottom line right out of the gate. It's the bottom line is this, is that sex was created by God. See, this is a topic or a word that some people find have so many different feelings about it. Some of you look at in a room this big, there's some of you like, oh my gosh, he even said sex. Like, I don't like to talk about, like, I'm, I'm cringing right now. Some, look at some of you, some of you in this room have friends that have had sex before. Some, look at it, stop. Some of you, shh, hey, settle down. Some of you, listen to me, in a room, there's some of you that have, have, uh, have really negative views of what it is. There's some of you that have been involved, that your, your parents, you've seen, like, let's be honest. Maybe you're like my family where you've seen your dad chose to have a relationship with somebody else that wasn't his wife, and it wrecked your family. Okay? So let's be sensitive to people around us and not be worried about your giggles when this topic affects a lot of people. All right? Can we be respectful, not only to me, but to the people around you? Because this is a real, listen, so there's the first point is that sex was created by God, that it is designed to be a healthy thing. It's designed to be something that's good. It's not in its essence. It's not dirty. It's not wrong. It's not something that's, it may be for you like, oh, this is gross. I don't even want to talk about this. But 
in the way that God designed it, it's a good thing. And to just come right out of the gate and talk about it, here's the deal, okay? Uh, a friend of mine showed me this, this kind of diagram one time that was really helpful in explaining what does the Bible say about sex? What does it say that it is a good thing? Here's the deal, okay? So take a circle. Here's the deal. God created a man. God, in Genesis 1, it talks about the, how God created man and God created woman. As you go through the Bible, you go through Genesis and some early stuff, look, at. there's a verse, Genesis 2, 24, it says, so a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one body. That's out of Genesis 2, 24. Then you've also got out of Hebrews 13, 4, that marriage should be honored from everyone. A husband and a wife should keep their marriage bed pure, that God will judge as guilty those who take part in sexual sins. So it's a big deal. Some of you have, have experienced that and seen brothers and sisters make bad decisions when it comes to sex and seen that cause problems. Listen, all serious aside, I know that there are people in this room that if not, not maybe not in your household, but have seen no people that have been abused, who have been taken advantage of in those ways. And we take those things very seriously. But as God decides, it's one man one woman to be designed, this is the husband, this is the wife, and he's designed sex for this one husband, one wife, for them. And look at me, listen to me, and everything else is sin. See, it's a very simple process. It's very, God designed for a man to leave his father, leave his mother, go with his wife, and for them to have a fruitful, fun pure, holy, sexual relationship, okay? Anything, and you're like, well, but what if I love outside? It's wrong. Living together before marriage is wrong. Having sex before marriage is sin. Sexting each other, sin. Anything outside of that, sexting each other inside marriage is just weird. Like, mom and dad, think about that. That's a weird one, okay? It's just kind of weird. But... Biblically, it's still okay. Just, all right, stay with me, okay? But that's the way that God designed it as a beautiful, great, pure, and holy thing. So I need you guys to get that because here's what happened. Like point number two is for you to know this, that the world has lied to you about what sexual, sexuality is. Now, most of you are pretty smart and you're like, well, I know. Because every, we live in a society where everything is about sex. I mean, you can see cartoon, like car commercials, ice cream, whatever it is, becomes about what? Listen, look at me. Guys, look at me. Becomes about your desires. See, listen, we have been inundated in a world that tells you that you're discontent. That without this object or without this feeling, your life is unhappy or you're discontent or you're sad. But this thing, once you get it, man, it'll make you feel better. I mean, that is a lie. See, truth is that God takes sexuality very seriously. And, and, and matter of fact, the Bible mentions sexual sin over 47 different times 
in the scripture. So here's the first lie. If you're taking notes, it says, the outside matters more than the inside. Okay, for example, let's take a look. I think we've got some covers of, some, of a ma- magazine or something like that that's in there. If you look at all of these things, these are magazines. You know, you see this in advertising. You see all this stuff. Everything in bold. Look at me. Everything in bold in these. All right. Look at me. Everything in bold has to do with the outside. That's what they're saying is that the outside matters more than the inside. That doesn't matter who the person is like, oh, man, that's just a cute guy. Or, hey, that's just a hot girl. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being attracted to somebody. There's nothing wrong with even wanting something. But you have to learn how to say no to things that you want. Let me tell you, I would rather sit and play video games, eat nachos, and watch Netflix than go to school and learn, right? All right? I would rather sleep in than go to school, right? But let me tell you something. Look at me. It's when you're able to say, listen, I want to do this, but it's not what's best for me, so I'm going to choose what's best. That's when maturity comes. That's what comes viewing things on with the inside. Let me show you what this. Let me, let me share this verse out of 1 Samuel. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Ultimately, look, look at me, listen to me. When you're, think about the people that really, really love you. And sadly enough, I know there's one or two or maybe five of you like, I don't know if anybody really, really loves me. I've got some friends that are nice to me when I'm at school, but they, I'm not sure they really care about me. But I want you to think, maybe it's a mom, dad, grandfather, grandmother, teacher, something that you feel like really cares about. You got them in my mind, in your mind? Everything that you think about love is usually on the inside. They care about me. They spend time with me. They listen to me. They talk to me. None of it's on the outside. I know the people who love me the most, my mom, my grandparents, my dad, my wife, my kids, It's not about, man, if they got braces or if they look good or what kind of jeans they have. All of that stuff fades, right? And the truth is, as you get older and all that stuff, I mean, leaders can tell you this, the outside really doesn't matter anymore. It's more about what's on the inside. And we've got to keep doing that. Girls, let me give you, you, listen to me first, ladies. Let me give you some wisdom. First of all, don't believe the lie that you have to dress a certain way to only get the attraction of that guy. Because let me tell you something. What you, what you do to get that guy is what you got to do to keep that guy. And here's the other thing. The, t- the way that you dress and present yourself, the type of guy that is going to go after you if you dress a little, wrist, whatever. I got words, but I don't want to say that, church. Yeah, I got some other words, but you know. But listen. It's like this. It's like, okay, my grandfather was from Ireland, and he loved to fish and all this stuff. And he would say, whatever bait you use determines the type of fish you're going to get. If you use this kind of worm, you're going to get this kind of fish. If you get this kind of fish, you're going to get this. Listen, if you, if you dress with showing a lot of skin, a lot of stuff, and look at me, the type of guy that's interested in that, those are the kind of guys you're going to get. 
And then you're going to be like, well, all he wants me is for my body. Well, yeah, that's all you offered him at first, right? But if you're sitting there, listen, you are worth it the wait. Don't settle for a little boy. Wait for a man. Let me give you lie number two. If you're taking notes, that's the other lie is that sex matters more than love. See, this is portrayed in a movie that, that, guess what? If I have sex with somebody, I'm going to love them, or I have to, I have to give away, I have to give away my physical body, and that's the only way he'll know he loves me, or, or you feel like I've got to truthfully, that, man, if we're not having sex, then we really aren't in love, and all that stuff. That's a lie. That's a lie. I mean, I can tell you, I've been married for 16 years. My wife and I chose chose that we will not have sex with each other before we got married. And we didn't. But listen, look at me, look at me. Thank you, that's great. It's, listen, did I want to have sex? Yes, I'm a man and I breathe, okay? But here's the deal. I can say no, look at me. I can say no to the things that I want. And listen to this. Here's the thing is, I know after being married, my wife and I upheld God's standards before we got married, and I am 110% confident that my, wife and I, that my wife will handle the standards and have God's standards when we get married. I know a lot of people that date, and they're like, well, I don't want to do God's standards. We can have sex before. What God wants doesn't matter. How do you trust that person once you get married? That they're going to stay faithful to you? Well, because God's, no, they didn't trust God before. So, and this was, now guys, let me talk to you. Okay, I'm going to call you boys because just where you are chronologically, some of you act like men. Listen, I know 40-year-old men that act like boys, okay? So stay, look, look at me. Don't say what you don't mean, okay? Now, I know that you guys, 7th and 8th grade, your desires and impulses get the best of you. There's times like, I just want to eat that sandwich, I'm going to eat this sandwich. You're not thinking fat calorie, calories, all this stuff. I want to play the game, I want to play the game. I know that you're, but look at, look at me. Women are God's gift. And don't go playing with a girl's emotions. It is not cool, look at me, it's not cool for you to toy with a girl's heart. I know, I've got two boys, and listen, shh, and I got a I got two boys, and if they want something like, but mom, listen, I, I, I love you, and can I have, I want this, I want and they'll say whatever they want. My wife just wants to be loved and wants to be cherished. And it is your job ultimately, if you want to be the man that God's called you to be, then you've got to, you've got to learn to do this. You've got to learn to lead in a way that says, listen, I love you, but I'm not going to play games with your heart. I'm not going to play games with your emotions. I, what I'm going to do, because listen, just because you want something or just because you feel like, I've just, because guess what? You know what that does? That, make, that starts making women objects. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not all guys. It's not even most guys. And there are definitely some women over here that look at men as objects. And what can I conquer? And what can I, listen, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. Listen, the Bible is very clear about the responsibility of men. And Ephesians says, men, love your wives like Christ loves the church willing to give their lives for them. And I will tell you something. I don't know anything about these ladies. I know like two of them in here. But a man that would give up their life and do whatever they want and would serve and puts their woman before themselves is one of the most attractive things ever. 
I, if I want my wife to think I'm, tra- I'm attractive, I am cleaning the house, I'm doing dishes, and when somebody, like, somebody comes knocking to the door, I'm the first one at the door, what can I do to help you? Because if you want to get to my wife, you want to get to my kids, you're coming by me. Because I'm stand up, I'm going to be the man. And God calls you to do the same thing. So stand up, alright? Here we go. So how do we do this? Let me give you some stuff. Set up guardrails. Listen, whenever you and your parents drive on the road, you've seen these before. Here's a picture of guardrails, right? You've seen what guardrails look like, all right? Everybody know? How many of y'all have a crazy parent that drives? Like, all right, all right. Everybody, okay, shut up. Okay, here's the deal. Settle down, settle down, okay. These were put in place so that if something happens, look at me. No one thinks about guardrails while they're driving down the road. Anytime, any of you guys come from I-85, take the interstate, you don't think about it. Until what? Until there's a problem. But nine times out of ten, you have no idea what's happening. It's real cold out there. There's this thing you guys have, you know, black ice. You can't see it, but it's slippery and your car loses. The purpose of guardrails is for if you hit that guardrail, you don't go over the cliff or you don't go into oncoming traffic or you don't die right? Now, it hurts. Listen, I've been in a car where somebody pulled out in front of us, and we had to swerve, and I hit a guardrail. It hurt. The seatbelt came up. My head went up. I was sore for days. I get it, but I wasn't dead, all right? Obviously. But that's what those guard. look at me. But most of you, if I said, listen, because some of you in this room, you're like, I'm real, like, Pastor Kevin, man, like, Pornography or sex uh, really isn't my issue. It will be one day. Because there's this thing called your 20s where a man, like, that's it. Like, for a lot of guys, it's like hormones start controlling you. You'll be thinking about it a lot more, okay? But put those guardrails. Let me give you this. Let me give you what this verse says in 1 Corinthians. It says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Flee means this. Run. Right? If your house is on fire in the middle of the night and you see it, what do you do? You run. Look at me. If you're walking home from school off the bus and like nine big old guys with knives are going in your house, what do you do? Run. If Britney Spears comes out with a new album, you run. No, all right, so like, here's the deal. Shh, shh. It's running. See, the truth of us, look at the truth of us, none of us have guardrails. You're waiting till something happens. Look at me, guys. I've had two friends in my lifetime die in car accidents. An average of 56,000 people die in the United States every year from car accidents. And nobody knows they're going to happen. They're called accidents. It's the leading killer in America. Now, that number is much smaller than it was years ago before seatbelts, before some of the safety stuff in cars and vans. But let me tell you something. The reason is that we put guardrails up. And you have to sit there and think, on my worst day, what am I going to... Listen, and all of us have worst days. You know what I'm saying? As I've gotten older, I've got, I, I exercise six times a week. I've got to watch what I eat. I've got to sit there and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to eat this. I am going to eat this. 
I've got to be able to do, I have those guardrails. Any of you that have been in school, you have these guardrails to protect you. You've got to have them. Let me give you two quick guardrails and we're done. Number one, I'm not going to be alone with my boyfriend and girlfriend. When you're alone, bad stuff happens. Let me, let me, you're like, oh, bad stuff doesn't happen. I'm not talking like you're in the elevator and like the door shuts and everybody's like, yeah, baby. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is this. Look at me. Look at me. Think of the sin in your life. Think of the bad stuff that happens in your life. Nine times out of ten, it's when you're by yourself. If you're on a device or watching something you shouldn't watch or on an internet site that you didn't watch or texting something you didn't watch, you're not watching with your mom and dad in the room. You're not doing, because if mom and dad in the room, what? You're like, oh yeah, ain't nothing on my phone. It's all clean, right? That's a great guardrail of saying, listen, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. We do that here, even at church. I am, a, I love my wife. I work with some great people, but we have a rule here even for staff, for pastors, for leaders, for anybody. You don't ride in the car with somebody of the opposite gender at any time. You have to make, why? Because I don't want even the appearance of some of that happen. You've got to protect yourself in there. Let me give you another guardrail, all right? I'm making the decision now to protect my purity until I get married. You have to make this decision before. You can't go mid-semester, have an F in your class, and be like, I'm going to get an A this semester. Why? Because it's almost impossible. You have to decide before. And most of us start semesters before and say, I'm going to get an A in this class, or I'm going to try to get a B. Some of you are like, I'll get, take a D for diploma. I'm in. But, like, let's go. You have to decide. Look at me. Shh. You've got to decide now because it's important. You've got to sit there and say, every decision I make leads me down one road or another. Every website I look at, is that good or is it bad? Is it objectifying women or is it, or is it making much of who they are? Okay? Every, you've got to sit there and say, I want, what God, I want God's best for me. So guess what? Everything else, I'm not going to do. Everything else, I'm going to protect myself from. Everything else, I'm going to strive for. Now look at me as I close out with this last minute. I want you to look at me. Everybody look at me and just be quiet, please. I know that there's some of you that would sit there and say, Pastor Kevin, I've, I've made some mistakes. Maybe it's things I've looked at. Maybe it's things I've done, all that stuff. I want you to know this. God's grace and mercy triumphs far, much, far more over judgment. If you go back to John 8, it talks about a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And the people around her wanted to kill her and stone her, which was the law they had the right to do. And Jesus picked up a rock and said, you without sin, throw the first stone. And I want you to know this, that there is always grace, there's always forgiveness, there's always mercy. But you also have to take the aspect of what Romans said. It says, because grace abounds, should I continue to sin? And he says, no. Sit there and you've got to start up and say, you know what, I want to, do I want to make guardrails. Make those guardrails stricter and stronger. You've got to come in, maybe have friends, accountability partners. I have three guys across the country that see every single website that I go to. Why? Because you know what the number one disqualifier of pastors is in the country? Adultery. That comes from sexuality. I don't want to be disqualified. I've been doing this for 20 years. I want to do it for 30 more. I love middle school. I love high school students. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I pray that you be with each one of these students. Would you guide them? Call them to make wise decisions that honor you. Father, I pray for the leaders in this room. I pray in their personal relationships, in their 
with their, their significant others or their spouse's father, they would honor you. Jesus, we love you. I thank you for your grace, your mercy, the privilege and honor. I pray, God, that you would raise up strong women that don't settle and men that are great examples of, the, of King Jesus. We love you. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.